Welcome to the DB&J Wrestling Podcast for April 1st, 2014. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me are... Cheers, shot, Donnie. Fast count, Brian. And real quick, I want to apologize about missing last week, but we were preempted. I don't know if you guys watched it, but it was the Inside the Actor Studio with Hulk Hogan. It was Assault on Devil's Island 2, Assault on Your Intelligence. I don't know if you guys <laughs> missed that, but it was very well, enthralling. Uh, yeah. I was... I was going to say it was the Westminster uh, Kennel Dog Show. Uh. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Tonight we have a pretty full show for everybody who listens to this. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, the, the Raw from yesterday, uh, March 31st, 2014. Uh, and then we're going to do our WrestleMania predictions. Um, and then we're going to be doing WrestleMania 25, uh, which is actually probably my favorite of the ones we've watched so far. Uh, and then finally, we're going to do our top five uh, face and heel turns of all time. Should be a fun night, guys. You ready? Yeah, let's all hit right. it. So, yes, do Starting out uh, raw from uh, Monday. First uh, segment was Undertaker. Um, and have another confrontation with Brock Lesnar. Donnie, what are your thoughts? Finally, those guys actually hit each other. <laughs> I mean, other than a pin through the hand. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, I still don't buy Brock as a believable threat to The Undertaker, so maybe they'll surprise me and actually have him win. Uh, but uh, Taker has, uh, I always thought he had underrated mic skills. He uh, cut a pretty good promo. Um, he did actually hint at the streak ending one day, which I thought was pretty notable, probably the most notable thing yeah. about that segment. And uh, overall, I thought it was it was well executed. It was a good way to start Raw, too. Uh, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what Diane said. I'm just, it's one thing with, for Brock, like I, he's just not believable to me. They'll get to the predictions later, but you know, it, you want you want to see the match, like win or lose, however it's going to play out. Like I just want to see these guys finally get in the ring and make it happen. So all the segment did for me was just okay, good, they're done. Let's see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, well, definitely, uh, I like the the match. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. They have done a really weak job of bringing up uh, the Undertaker, um, looking weak against Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar doesn't look like to be in the same league as Undertaker. Um, so I did like the, the F5 this past week. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, I'm actually rooting for Brock Lesnar to break the, break the streak for a change. So we'll see. Uh, next up we have Big E versus Alberto Del Rio. Um, what did you think of that match, Brian? Uh... I mean, it just seemed like they are just getting, like like I said, the whole point of the show is just getting everybody ready for WrestleMania. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Big E's fighting Dolph Ziggler for the title at WrestleMania now? Is that, um, I didn't see is that, that happening? Uh, I thought Big E was just going to be in the uh, the 30-man uh, participatory medal uh, bout royal. Well, I guess I'll have to look into that because I saw on, like, they had a main event where it had uh, like Ziggler winning number one contender shot against them. And then he said, I'm going to WrestleMania. So I'm not sure. Yeah, well, that could be um, Yeah, but, I mean, just two solid guys. I can't wait to see what they do in the Battle Royal. And uh, that's all I had. Yep. Donnie? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I was happy that Alberto Dorio got the win. I think it was a much-needed victory um, over somebody that's a pretty established force right now in Big E. So it was, uh, I think it was a good pick up for Del Rio and uh, we'll see how this uh, how this battle royal goes I'm not sure I don't think Del Rio has a shot they may decide to, to I think Big E at least has a good showing in the battle royal um, and uh, I like both of these guys as mid card talent yeah. actually kind of surprised me how much this show was building up the battle royal um, I, I kind of wish they had more than just here's the trophy congratulations kind of meant I mean 
I think the person who wins the trophy, if it's going to be anybody but Big Show, is going to be um, getting in a pretty good singles push. Um, but like, they should put some else in it too. Like they have like the the chance to uh, to challenge anybody for any belts. I think that'd be kind of cool. Give it some kind of a gimmick, uh, as opposed to just thirty men and some memory of Andre the Giant. So, all right, moving to the next uh, segment, we have uh, Summer Rae versus Natalia. Skip. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Brian, skipping it? Okay. Nah. All right. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, next we have Authority uh, and their little segment saying goodbye to the Yes movement. Uh, what do you think of this, Brian? It honestly it just seemed like overkill. Like, I don't, as much as Stephanie has like, done a really good job lately. and She's been great. You know, like, her, yeah, her and Triple H have done a fantastic job with this. Like, you know, they, they, I, I get it. They think he's a B plus talent. They 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 think we're all sheep, pretty much. You know, like I, honestly, I, I just I just get tired of saying the same things over and over again. That's just me. Yeah. Well, we'd be kind of glad to see um, after WrestleMania this. Hopefully, the whole gimmick will will not change, but at least we'll move on to something else. Uh, Donnie, what you think of the the segment? I actually really like the segment. Um, I was kind of like I kind of sneered when they buried. Um, <clears throat> Fandango there, uh, but then they built him up to say that you know he's a B plus, maybe A talent, and the fans just sort of forgot him. Uh, you know that's kind of booking too. I mean we can't put that all on the fans. However, um, as as much heel heat as they were garnering, they're really not that wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of found myself sort of agreeing with them. However. Uh, I mean, because I thought about, you know, Dolph Ziggler lost his push as after he was, you know, over crazy. Nobody cares about Zack Ryder anymore. So when I start replaying these names, I'm like, they're not really wrong. However, um, they really played the heel uh, thing effectively. And uh, I- I'm genuinely curious as to how re- they're going to pull WrestleMania off. I-, I think there's a swerve in there somewhere. Uh, but uh, I'm ready for it. I love this. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. And it definitely gave us more... Um Looking for not for of course the Triple H Daniel Bryan match and then the later three men uh, match is going to happen. It's going to be the WrestleMania main event. So definitely, um, definitely built it up. So hopefully he'll move up to his hype. All right, moving on we have uh, the Usos and Los Matadores versus Curtis Axel Ryback and the Real Americans. Um, I thought this was pretty decent. Um, the beginning was just terrible, but the ending was just pretty fun, uh, except for the freaking uh, uh, Los Matadores uh, winning via pinfall. I just hate those guys. Uh, Donnie, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Matadores, but man, this this actually was the surprise match of the night. I found yeah. myself way more into it than I should have been, mm-hmm. um, because when I saw it, I was like, oh, this match is going to be over in probably two minutes, and it actually wasn't. Like It was it was really watchable. Yeah, they <laughs> and, a lot of time, which is pretty good. Yeah, and uh, I I really I really liked it. It was a big surprise. I mean, um, the Usos looked strong. Uh, I could care less about the Matadores. Who, who are the Matadores? Like, are they somebody? Is there it's like Primo Epico, or something? Yeah, Primo and Epico. Yeah. Oh, oh, learn something new. Okay, um, but otherwise, uh, these are all guys that are going to be in the big uh, match. I think are the Matadores? No, they're actually going to be. These are all going to be in the t- tag team turmoil yeah, match. Yeah, they're going to be tag team turmoil, which is um, if they pull it off well, it's going to be great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, and I picked. Uh, I won't get into that, but we'll yeah, just, that in a second. This look good. Yeah. All right, uh, Brian, what you think? I could have gone without Los. Was it Los Matadores? Los Matadores are most hated tag team of all time right now. Yeah, it's just the the whole gimmick's lame. I, it it seems just like putting Christian in the elimination chamber. You just need to stick somebody in the match. Yeah. Kind of thing. I mean, just call it what it is. But 
Um, and no disrespect to Christian, of course. Um, I mean, it, it was a good. I mean, I liked it. It's just considering they haven't really done a lot, it just seemed like you know, hey, this match is going on. You need to put some time into these guys, so you're like, so you're actually genuinely interested when the match comes on at WrestleMania, and you're not using it for a concession bathroom break. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of like curious to put those guys in there instead of like say uh, like a Cody Do- Cody uh, Rhodes and Goldust or um, uh, even like um, the uh, old age outlaws. So it's just interesting that we throw them in the mix too. But maybe they want to have it more of a high flying kind of event. We'll see. All right, moving on. Speaking of the devil, uh, Cody Rhodes and Goldust versus Damian Sandow and Fandango. Brian, thoughts? Uh, to be honest, guys, like I I went to the bathroom during this one. <laughs> I apologize. Like, if it was good, I'm sorry I missed it. Donnie? Yeah, I zoned out. Um, it was not, it wasn't, these guys are capable of better, but it yeah. was just, uh, maybe the other, maybe because the, the four on four match was kind of big, yeah. uh, this seemed small in comparison. But, uh, you know, it's it's weird because they don't put their main players on right before WrestleMania, so these are just mid-card talent trying to showcase themselves, and this one kind of not a lot of chemistry there. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Cody Rhodes and Goldust versus uh, Fandango. Like, they really haven't like uh, moved out the, the storyline or anything like that with it, so the whole thing is just kind of bizarre uh, to me. And Damian Sand, like, these are, like, all, like, four guys who had, a, like, a, a pretty good um, two, uh, 2013 uh, and just... Something happened. They're, they're, all their momentum stuck, like stopped. Like Cody Rhodes and Goldust lost the belts to the New Edge Outlaws. Their momentum stopped. Uh, Damian Sandow loses his Money in the Bank match to, or Money Bank cashing in match to uh, John Cena. His momentum just dies. Fandango people stop chanting his stupid interest music, and his momentum dies. But they're also around there, and maybe he'll get pushes next uh, after WrestleMania. So the, the Sandow D push was sad because. I mean, okay, and it's not just because I'm a Cena hater, but whatever. That match with him and Cena, like, I, you, you wanted, I wanted Sandow to win so bad, yeah. and but then you realize that, you know, considering the world title went away the next month, like they weren't just gonna let him fight Randy Orton like that. <laughs> no, and it's kind of sad too because Damian Sandow, I think, would have been a great uh, like world heavyweight champion. So, yeah, well, we'll we'll see what they do with the belts. See what they do with these guys. Uh, next is Bray Wyatt destroying our truth. Uh, another person whose momentum really died once he stopped becoming insane and started. I don't know what the heck happened. This guy. Uh, I thought it was good and uh, it was actually not good, but the uh, the ending was great with uh, John Cena. Uh, Donnie, your thoughts? Yeah, it was, this match was all about the end. Um, man, it's so crazy about our truth. Like, do you remember? Uh, just a couple years ago now, he was main eventing. Was it Capital Combat yeah, or whatever that was? It, yeah. Capital and, Punishment. Uh, Capital Punishment, that's right. And uh, it was, um, man, how the mighty have fallen. I really don't know what he did, but, uh, yeah, maybe he's about to be uh, future endeavored after WrestleMania in the, in the yearly cut. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe he but, should, uh, um, maybe you should take up smoking again. Yeah, maybe that would help him out. Possibly, or, or Little Jimmy can come back. Yeah, Little Jimmy. Where was um, Little Jimmy? <laughs> he called the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will transfer that over to Brian because that was a great quote, and I think his, he's up. Uh, I mean, you feel bad for a guy like that with a, for, like, for a squash, but you need somebody to make Bray look strong, and then, you know, the whole thing with Cena and the goat mask, I mean, I actually, like, was, like, cheered for that, because I was actually really happy they let, they let Cena get, like, get one over on him, because it seemed like the build-up was just Bray breaking Cena down, now it looks like, you know, 
it, even though you know it's going to be an even match, like it shows it on paper, like it's going to be really good. Yeah, actually, my favorite part was actually um, after this when um, Renee Young uh, interviewed uh, John Cena, and Cena just like he probably gave like the best promo he's given in like five years, uh, and it was quick, but it was intense, and like the fans were booing him like five seconds before were cheering him when he was done. It was it was so amazing. It was it was great. Uh, did you guys catch that? No. Yeah. No, well, you guys, okay, your, your homework is to watch that promo because actually it's like, it's surprisingly pretty good. Okay, yeah, um, I'll check it out. It actually gave me some more heat. Speaking of heat, we have AJ Lee, she's going to be gone by the time WrestleMania is over, versus Naomi in a Lumberjill match. And so we're going to skip that because it's not going to be consequential. Um, I'm kinda, that's how you know That's how you know WrestleMania is coming up is that there's two Divas matches on Raw. <laughs> Isn't it like, like a 29 Diva Baroya, like everyone you don't know, plus the Total Diva show or something? I have it's no like idea. 14. It's, it's crazy. It's it's so stupid, and they're probably going, to, I don't know. Uh, this the, the Divas division is just so weak right now, I, I don't even want to. I don't want to watch the match, but I will probably watch the match eventually. Uh, just wait, because, you know, Lita's going into the Hall of Fame. She could, like, get in the match, pull Swerve on the title, Ooh, and leave. That would be awesome. That would really, really be good. Well, we can always hope. Anyway, uh, moving on, we have Roman Reigns versus, uh, oh my god, it's Kane! Um, and uh, that was, it was just another build-up match to uh, The Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws, which is, I, I think, probably one of the most bizarre bookings, well, one of the, the bizarre bookings I've been doing the, for WrestleMania. Um, Brian, what'd you think? Uh, as, you know, I've had you know my off and on with Kane over the years, but like I just feel like, Corporate Kane's nothing but like a uh, like a mid card jobber to the stars. Like it's like you feel bad for the guy. Like you know what, what with everything that happened during the match and after with like you know like everyone coming down, just you know beating up each other. Like, you know, you just gotta. I just feel bad for Kane. Like they're not making him look strong at all going to WrestleMania. Just in my eyes. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, this whole feud kind of seems thrown together at the last minute. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really don't like it. It's kind of hitting a sour note for me. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with it. I, I think it's probably going to be the curtain jerk of the, of the, uh, of WrestleMania this year. Uh, with that, uh, pre-show being that Fatal 4-Way tag team match, I think this will be the one that opens it up. And, uh, I expect, like, a big spot by Seth Rollins, just, just like last night. I, I think that's a preview of things to yeah. come. Um, I hope the Shield just carries this match into something respectable because it's got a real chance to be a stinker. It does, but uh, hopefully everybody will rise to the top. And uh, it is WrestleMania, so things have happened. All right, next up we have Piper's Pit segment, uh, which is pretty much just another promo for the 30-man Battle Royal that's going to be on the card. Um, I kind of like the segment, but I think they could have done a better job with it. Um, it pretty much just disintegrated into a brawl. Everybody ran out and started fighting each other. Uh, Donnie, what you think? Yeah, Rey Mysterio finally got a pop. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, holy crap, the crowd is into it. Um, you know, I thought, I mean, Piper did an okay job. He was hardly in it. Like, it, it just sort of served as a, um, I guess as, as a, as a field for everybody to show up. And, and that was disappointing because I think Piper's pit segments are always really, like, must-see TV. Um, but this one was just Piper saying a couple things and then saying, hey, wait a minute, stop interrupting me, or, or whatever really? it was he kept saying over and over. Yeah, really, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I thought I thought it was really well 
pulled off. Big Show's the guy to beat, and actually, I you know I don't know that that's going to serve him well. <laughs> but uh, but I I really like the segment. It was good to see so many guys that don't get a lot of screen time on there. I mean, we saw Darren Young, we saw Drew McIntyre, we saw Ziggler and Ryder. So you know we'll, we'll see where this goes. But I liked it. Uh, uh, I, I agree with Donnie. To be fair, Piper's Pit hasn't been good since, I don't know if you guys remember when he brought Mr. America out there that one time. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was um, like about 12 years ago, dude. So I that, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I hate to you know, predate myself on that one, but like that's the once that happened, Like every time he's come on, it's just been like a filler. I mean, you remember when he had Stone Cold on at WrestleMania 21? I mean, yeesh. Yeah, but, yeah. but to me, like, I mean, it's not as... There wasn't a whole lot of substance to it, like I said, just getting everybody out there, get the brawl going, get everybody juiced up for the Battle Royal, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. All right, so um, next up we have the big Batista versus Randy Orton match that ended. It was no disqualification, but they didn't even end the match. Um, uh, what uh, With, uh, of course, Daniel Bryan returning, beating the crap out of everybody. Uh, Donnie, what did you think of it? I think this match just goes to show... Uh, that I'm so glad they're adding either Triple H to Daniel Bry- or Daniel Bryan to this match because those guys don't have much chemistry. Like no matter what they do, um, you know I like Orton's kind of. They're trying to go with like Orton getting his edge back, um, and I'm not really sure what Tista was up to last night. Like I mean, he was trying to get face pops with the Georgetown jersey earlier, and then um, he just. He's just kind of there, and and I mean the spear was cool, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, um, but then Jamie Bryan just kind of you know beat Triple H like a government mule to <laughs> to quote Jim Ross, and uh, I was just kind of um, it was it was interesting to see where I'll go off the air with Bryan standing tall, yeah. um, and I don't know what that means heading into WrestleMania, so uh, we'll see. I I uh, I didn't like the match, but uh, I like the story if that makes any sense. Yeah, could you believe that they they're, they're, the original idea for WrestleMania was to have Batista versus Randy Orton. I mean, honestly, what were they thinking? Uh, oh. just... I, can I add something? I, I don't think that it was. I think Daniel Bryan's gonna be added all along. It's just CM Punk quitting kind of forced him into Triple H's lap. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they really did kind of understand that. Hey, this is our most over guy in years. We really need to get him back mm-hmm. or get people back into the main event because they just shat all over Batista's return, which was well deserved because the guy. He has no intensity, and it's it's kind of sad actually seeing him in the ring like that. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? I I agree, I agree with everything you guys said. Like Daniel Bryan coming in, he needed to get that over because if the last image you had of him was getting beat up by Triple H with handcuffs on, you know, I mean, it might have started a little better because they would have had that doubt as to like, you know, can he pull it off? But I mean, clearly it shows that he's the one that's over, and if he's not in the main event. It's a sh- it, it's gonna be an outrage. Yeah. But um, yeah, and you like I said it had to have been a triple threat the whole time because Orton, I've never seen a champ look this weak going into WrestleMania in a long time. Um, yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, and then Batista sucks the air out of the arena every time he gets in there. So I just I'm done with both of those guys. All right, so we're done with Raw. Uh, I give it. Uh, I surprised enough. I give it a C plus. I think just the Raw by itself was was really just so much of a uh, promo for WrestleMania 30 that uh, I wouldn't even go back and watch it. It's just kind of that sad. Uh, Donnie, Brian, what'd you guys grade it? 
Um, any time that the Usos and the Matadores versus Ryback, Axel, Cesaro, and Swagger is the match of the night, um, kind of a disappointing Raw. Uh, that said, I uh, I was entertained, if that makes any sense, like despite all of that, yeah. uh, and I'm ready for WrestleMania. Um, I give it a C-plus as well. I think that's that's as generous as I can be. Okay. Brian? Same thing. Like Basically, all I was doing was just like, I, I like this like mental checklist, like, okay, so that match is covered, that match is covered, they talked about that match. And basically, they did they did a decent job of showing like, hey, these are the matches that you're going to be watching on Sunday. So I mean, I'm fine with that. It it, it, it served its purpose. Okay. All right. Well, moving on. WrestleMania 30 predictions. Uh, hopefully, I will get this right, and everybody else will be wrong. Um, but we'll start with the pre-show, which is the tag team turmoil: uh, the Usos versus Los Matadors versus Real Americans versus Ryback and Curtis Axel. Uh, what's your prediction, Donnie? Uh, I'm going to go with the Usos to retain here. Um, I think it's going to be a great match, but I think uh, I think it's going to come down between the Usos and the Real Americans, and we're finally going to see Cesaro and Swag- Swagger split. Okay. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Brian? So, yeah, uh, everything Donnie just said, like, it's spot on. Usos retain. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to go with uh, Real Americans. I think this is their time to shine, and uh, their splitting was, was teased, but I think they should have a tag team run because they've been really that great as a, as a team, so... Um, well, we'll see. Wait till Sunday. All right, next up we would probably have uh, The Shield uh, versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws. Donnie? I think The Shield goes over, and I think they go over big. Um, I expect an amazing spot by Seth Rollins. I don't know what it's going to be, uh, but I think that's going to be awesome. I don't think The Shield's going to break up. Um, I just think this is going to be not quite a squash match, but as close as, as it can be for WrestleMania. Um, and this will be the last hurrah, I think, for Road Dog and Billy Gunn. This is their last WrestleMania, most likely. And it could even be Kane's. I don't know. Um, but I think it's going to be a, you know, one-sided, and the Shield comes looking strong. A brain? I, I, I actually am going the opposite way. Kane and the Outlaws are going over on this one. Because it just seems too one-sided for there not to be some kind of, like, screw job or, like, because they put, they put the Shield being happy, love, you know, all that crap lately, but would it surprise anybody if one of them turned on the other two? It wouldn't surprise me, and this is the spot where it happens. Like, one of them will turn, screw the other two, join up with the authority, and Kane and the Outlaws win. It's just too one-sided for there not to be something like that to happen. Alright, well, um, I'm going to predict that the Shield win, they have a big uh, celebration, and then the next night, they, uh, Roman Reigns, uh, actually Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins turn on Roman Reigns, forming them as a tag team, and Roman Reigns goes on his own separate way. That's not predicting. We'll never know. Actually, we will on Sunday. Never mind. Um, <laughs> hey, question. question uh, D- Dean Ambrose has a belt, right? I can't remember what it was. He hasn't defended it in I a long time. I think it's a North time. American title. I think that's might be. A, uh, I think it might be a North American title. The WCW TV title, maybe. I don't remember. They really need cruiserweight. cruiserweight title. Um, I thought it was a Hardcore Championship. I don't know. European? Uh, it could be. It uh, could be the uh, the Women's Championship too at this point. Um, so it's not quite <laughs> defended as much as the U.S. title is defended. Uh, okay, so next up, we do have to uh, make some kind of prediction for the Vicky Guerrero Divas Championship Invitational. Um, that isn't even like spelled tit or anything like that. That's just sad. Um, oh man, no, no Terry Invitational tournament. Huh? Um, so you're right there, Donny. That's not uh, me. You're right there, Brian. Yeah, okay. it's just okay. like some kind of crazy scratching, like you know, you're you're just banging something. Anyway, uh, so Donny, you go. <laughs> Who do you pick? Um, I predict 
that my bathroom will probably be clean and it'll be fun. I, I really don't. I have. I don't even know who's in this match. Uh, um, this Emma. Let's go with Emma. Let's let's Why say not? Emma wins. Right, go Emma. And yep, Brian. It, if it's not Tamina, it's uh, one of the Bellas. And other than that, if, I mean, if AJ comes out, then I mean she's never going to lose at this yeah. point. Um, my prediction is that I will get a beer and come back, and uh, Emma will probably win. Let's just go with her. Just good, don't yes. Uh, Summer right. Yeah. All right, just as difficult, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I'm not going to even name all the participants for this one. Um, Donnie, do you have a pick? Justin Gabriel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I guess um, I'm going to go with, uh, gosh, I, you know, I, I don't even know. This, it could go so many ways, but I'm going to go with a mystery, I guess, because there's 27 people announced, and there's three spots open, uh, and I'm thinking it's going to be one of the mysteries, and I don't know who they're going to be. I, I guess we could prognosticate. Kevin Nash? Uh, maybe it's that, uh, ooh, uh, the Bulgarian guy. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. That, oh, actually, you know what? That's a great idea. Um, Alexander Rusev, I believe. Yes, yeah. So I, I think that's a good uh-huh. choice. Good good call there, Donnie. Um Brian? He's my pick. So much for Fandango. Man, uh, honestly, if it's not Big Show, it's probably, it's for me, I, I, I'm just going to go to Dolph Ziggler, because you, you root for the guy. I, I want him to turn things around. Yeah. Um, so, so, Ziggler is. I'll go with the, uh, the Alexander Rusev. I think that's actually a good pick, even though he's not uh, listed. You know, why the hell not? So, it's not like her predictions really matter anyway. All right. Hey, just wait. Hogan will come back. He'll slam the 700-pound Big Show, and then he'll he'll win the whole thing. Yeah, that that will totally happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, so John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. Um, Donnie, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I I think everybody expects Bray Wyatt to win, so I'm gonna go with Cena. I think Cena. I don't think it's going to be a Super Cena moment, uh, but I do think he's going to get the victory, and it's going to be a really good match, actually, um, because Bray Wyatt is incredibly stiff, and John Cena usually brings his A game when people are being really rough on him. Um, so I think Cena wins barely, and this is a really good match. This is my call for a possible surprise match of the night. Hmm. Brian? Uh, see, I want Bray Wyatt to win, but i got to tell you, if, if history serves anything, Cena will win the match, and then they'll give Bray Wyatt either the win the next night on Raw or the win in Extreme Rules and just pass it on, and then for this feud never happened. Yeah. But um, honestly, I do think Cena's going to win because, I mean, they've, they've booked it like Wyatt's just going to dominate, but I feel like Cena's just going to pull it off with his five moves of doom. Well, um, I predict that John Cena also will win, too. Um probably because Bray Wyatt hasn't been that established yet, and uh, even though he's been pretty much unstoppable on pay-per-view, I think he's lost like maybe once. Um, this could probably be his one chance to, uh, to actually lose in a singles match, which I don't think I've seen before. Um, and uh, I think, honestly, John Cena, this would be a good time to turn him heel. Just saying. Never going to happen. All right. Uh, next up, we have The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, Donnie? Uh, I'm going to go with Undertaker to continue the streak, but I think this this match is going to be brutal, um, and uh, I think I think Undertaker wins. Brian? Yeah, I mean, if the match was the main event, like the last one of the night, I'd put a little doubt into it, but it's Taker all the way. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to go different and say that Brock Lesnar surprisingly wins, ends the streak, Undertaker retires, 
uh, and then Brock Lesnar goes on to face whoever wins the, the championship. See, I have a hard time with that because, like, if, if you just look at something like you saw last year where he, Brock couldn't beat Triple H, so you couldn't beat a guy who lost to Undertaker two times in a row at WrestleMania. Like, to me, like, they didn't make Brock look strong enough, I don't think. Yeah. Anyway, so next up would be uh, Daniel Bryan versus uh, Triple H. Donnie? Um, I'm actually going to go with Triple H. Hmm. Uh, I think that they're going to do it, and, and I think it's going to be Triple H by DQ or Countout or some kind of screw job. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'll talk about what else I think is going to happen when we get to the main event, but I do think Triple H actually wins this one. Brian? If Triple H wins, I, I swear to you, like there will be a riot, like a ser- considerable, serious riot. Like this, this is the time, like that all the screw jobs and burials be damned. This is the time where he rises over Triple H, gets in the main event, beats the windbag and, and the Viper. Daniel Bryan does it all. All right. Well, um, I'm actually going to go by. They're 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 actually going to follow uh, what the fans want and have Daniel Bryan win. But I think they're really going to have some kind of ending where it could be either Daniel Bryan wins or there's like a double DQ, double count out, and both Daniel Bryan and Triple H, you know, since they didn't really lose, they got promoted to that event, becomes a four-way match. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but Donnie, what's your prediction for what's going to be a crazy, crazy uh, ending to Raw? Under Raw, but uh, WrestleMania? I think that Triple H and Orton and Batista are going to be in there, and I think Hogan's music's going to hit. And as host, he's going to put Daniel Bryan in there because Daniel Bryan gets screwed out of the match from Triple H. It's going to end, you know, like a dusty finish, um, to quote my EWR friends. Um, so we're going to have a fatal four-way. I agree with you, James. And then I think Daniel Bryan ends up on top. But I think Hogan's going to be the one to um, make that big um, decision. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Daniel Bryan will still come out on top despite being screwed by Triple H in the match before that. But what if, like, Hogan has a senile moment and, and uh, confuses... Um, Daniel Bryan with, uh, say, CM Punk. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be even better, actually. Um, Brian? Uh, man, you guys listed a lot of really good options, but if it's a fatal four-way, that's just that's just like too many people trying to gang up on Daniel Bryan, to be honest with you. I, I, I just see it the way it is. Triple H loses to Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan goes in. Triple H may try to interfere in the main event, but I just see Daniel Bryan just doing it the normal way and winning the whole thing at the end, and the fans go home happy. Well, that would be a good prediction. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, what I originally said. It's a four-way match. Um, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. Uh, Batista is going to lose all his stamina within the first three minutes. Uh, my prediction is that Daniel Bryan makes uh, Randy Orton tap out and wins the titles. So what match do you think is going to be first on the card? Um, I think do, you think they'll, do you think they'll open with Triple H and Daniel Bryan? You know, that's no. probably the, well, the, the smart man would have that. Um, so, because there's probably be like a four-hour card, I would actually go with that. I, I, I think they'll lead off at the Battle Royal. To me, like, the Triple H and Bryan would be like more of a mid-card match. That way you'd have a little more suspense, like the guy's really beat up, and then like 30 minutes later he's got to come out for the main event and that kind of thing. Mm, well, we'll just have to see. Um, I think that's a great way to start the show would be Triple H versus Daniel Bryan, because it gives them that, that time to rest, and so they can have an excellent main event at the end. 
Because honestly, those are really the only two guys want to see in the main event this year. <laughs> and I'm so ready. I'm so ready because like the entrances at WrestleMania are always awesome. So I can't wait to see what Triple H does and if the Daniel Bryan will get a you know a cool entrance or the Shield. I mean, I, I just think that there's going to be some over the top moments this year. And uh, you know, they, they're saving something special for WrestleMania 30. I know they are. I don't know what it is, but I can't wait. All right. So. All right. Hey, quick question: What what entrance does Cena get? Because he took a break last year. But he does something stupid every year. I'm sorry. Mm. And we'll get into it with the WrestleMania 25 with his entrance there. Well, but I would like to see him going back to his original music and using the whole chain gang thing, but that's just me. All right. All right, so moving on, we have WrestleMania 25. Donnie, this is your pick for WrestleMania. Um, Why don't you go ahead and start it? Yeah, WrestleMania 5, coming to you. 25. uh, 25, You already botched it there. Way to go, Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, what, what, what did you bring it back to the common denominator? That's nice, you know. Yeah, is this square right? root of 25? <laughs> five WrestleManias ago. Five, Houston, ten, five, ten, five, ten WrestleMania fives. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Houston, Texas, where, um, to me, all the best WrestleManias take place in Texas. Uh, it's a pretty good show, uh, but we, we kick things off with a, a Money in the Bank ladder match, a, a gimmick match, actually, that I miss at WrestleMania, uh, with CM Punk, Kane, Mark Henry, uh, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, Kofi Kingston, Kristen, Christian, and Finley. Uh, and what I thought was an outstanding uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, I, you see him Punk getting the win after having the two ladders next to each other, and some of the spots they pulled off, especially Kofi and Christian, uh, really made this a cool match. And, I, and the fact that the big guys worked so well with the fast guys, I think, made this a well-rounded affair. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I was a little surprised that Punk won, being as how he won it the year before. But when you look at everyone else in the match, you had to take a realistic look. Maybe the exception to Christian, Kofi wasn't ready. Shelton Benjamin's just the spot guy they throw in every money in the bank. So your really only options for winning was CM Punk, and he delivered, and you know he cashed in and won later on. So I was very impressed with the match. What stole it for me, to be honest, was... Uh, was Hornswoggle coming off the top rope and doing a uh, doing a dive onto everybody? I love that part. With a little, little mini ladder too, can't beat it. That's awesome, James. Um, I thought it was great. I think they had great diversity in terms of wrestlers and styles. Um, so everybody pretty much had their 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 minute or so of uh, fame in that match, and it was long enough that um, it, it didn't like feel like it just went on and on and on and on, uh, but actually felt like they they did a pretty good job of. of Organizing chaos essentially. So, uh, didn't have any like particularly like really favorite moments except maybe I think when Shelton Benjamin did like a move off of a ladder like onto everybody on the floor, like fell like 20 feet. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, go to see. Um, good job seeing Punk winning two uh, two money in the bank ladder matches in a row. So um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good good way to start the show. Yeah, what followed the, was terrible though. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the. Uh, the the all star of the Money in the Bank ladder match to me is the ladder itself for being able to hold Mark Henry <laughs> because I was really wondering if that was uh, if that was a spot they were going to take and it was it was pretty cool. Next up we have the twenty five Diva Battle oh, wait, Royal. Wait, but Donnie, what happened between uh, that? Between um, this match and uh, the twenty five Diva Battle Royal. Yeah, what did happen? Jog my memory because it was, was too. Was Kid Rock or something? Yeah, it was Kid Rock. Oh yes, God, I erased that from my memory. One of the worst WrestleMania things of that all was, time. That was a bad way to just like kill the, the crowd right there. I it was, it was so long. It it's just lasted as, forever. It's not as bad as Puffy last year. That had no made no sense whatsoever. Oh, but God. I'm hoping they don't have anything like that this year. 
But anyway, go on, go on, uh, Donnie. I'm sorry I interrupted you with that. No, I can't believe I actually forgot about Kid Rock, but I do think that my my memory just blocked it out because it was so bad. Uh, If it wasn't for the search function on uh, WWE Network to fast-forward through this, (laughs) I don't know that I would have made it the entire way through. That was, it drug on, it was just bad. Um, And that leads into more bad, in my opinion, (laughs) which was the 25 Diva Battle Royal um, to crown... uh, Miss WrestleMania that was won by uh, Santino Morella. At the time, Santino Morella was doing a, um, cr- a gender bender gimmick, you know, using Santina, uh, and I thought this was atrocious. Uh, James, so what do you think? Wait, wait, wait. So, uh, you think it's saying that Santina was actually Santino? Yeah, I, I, oh! know, I know. Hey, wait, I know. Is, is this like everyone, everyone thinking Gregory Helms was the hurricane? Because that confused me, too. Oh, well, that really did. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> Einhorn okay. is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> anyway, what I really thought about this match was, it was just, oh, man. Talk about a, a bad way of, of throwing, like, every single diva in there and making some bad match. And were the rules over the top rope or just, like, throw them through a rope and down to the floor? Because I think that's what it turned into, because it was just so... Bad. Yeah, I think it was just hit the floor and you're yeah, out. Yeah, it was, it was pretty atrocious. Um, and the fact that this match was just used to build up uh, a wrestler I hate um, with a passion, uh, yeah, it was, uh, man, uh, I this was probably the lowest spot in the entire night. And so that's, that's probably saying not much, but because um, there wasn't any other, like, really bad spots. But, yeah, not good. It was good to see Molly Holly, though. Brian, what do you think? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll defend Santino on one thing. Nothing with this match. This match was atrocious and made the Divas division the starting of making them look weak for yeah. from that point on. But remember when he had the Intercontinental title and he had the Honka meter and like each week he came out and was talking about like it was like like seven hundred something days for matching Honky Tonk's record or something. <laughs> yes, that was fantastic. But other than that, he was straight garbage. And the whole event just made me feel bad for the Divas because you know they cringed when they went and got their paychecks at the end of the night. Yeah. So yeah, not, they deserve not, better than that. They do. They really do. I mean, cause you look at the if you look at I think a lot of the names were kind of crappy, but if you look at them, they had like uh, Gail Kim on it. Um, uh, yeah, Mickey James, Mickey James, uh, Maurice, um, Molly Victoria. Holly, um, you know, you know, even Tori Wilson and Victoria. You know, those ladies could actually wrestle. So. Yep. Um, Sunny was on it, and she didn't look too cracked out. No, no, she once she got sober, she looked pretty good. Yep. Okay, well, after that, uh, we turn into uh, a, a, a highlight, in my opinion. Uh, well, sort of. This was a mixed bag, and it was Chris Jericho uh, against uh, a three-on-one handicap match against Roddy Piper, Ricky Steamboat, and Jimmy Superfly Snuka uh, with Ric Flair in the corner and uh, the wrestler Randy the Ram <laughs> watching uh, from the front row. Um, I... Uh, I Jimmy Snuka had no business in this match. No business in the match. Uh, it was painful to see him wrestle. Um, I thought Piper did good, considering Piper's... Uh, he had just beaten cancer at the time. Um, so, considering his limitations, I thought he did fine. And Ricky Steamboat stole the entire show. Uh, awesome. Like, I was marking out like crazy. Uh, Brian, what'd you think? Yeah, it's going to sound crazy. And I hope I'll go over the line with this. So, Piper beat cancer but couldn't beat Mr. T. So Mr. T is therefore stronger than cancer? I don't know. Not the point. Uh, to tell you the truth, um, I, I really liked the match. And by the way, it represented all of our federations well because it did not have James's pick, Jericho. 
It had your pick, Steamboat, and it had my pick, Flair, being a corner man. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. A little inside nugget for our historical fans there, um, last episode. Anyways, um, I mean, it served its purpose. Like, Jericho was just doing the whole, you know, attacking veterans, you know, saying that he's better than them. And I mean, he beat all three of them, but really, they all did a great job, except for Snuka. It looked like he had all-timers. Um, and Steamboat showed it, because the next month, Steamboat and Jericho had their own one-on-one match, which was fantastic, too, by the way. So I liked the whole thing all around, except Mickey Rourke, because he took, I don't know, it seemed like forever to get his ass up and get in the ring to punch Jericho. That took too long for me. Right, and if you remember correctly, they actually had originally tried to book Chris Jericho versus Mickey Rourke at WrestleMania, and Mickey Rourke's people wouldn't allow it because of the whole wrestling movie coming out, and it just never actually came to fruition. That's how this match sort of, uh, became a thing. James, what did you think? Well, I thought the wrestler was probably like the most disappo- uh, disappointed, uh, uh, not disappointing, but rather depressing movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and it really is kind of like the antithesis for uh, professional wrestling. So uh, the fact that they, they kind of use that kind of cross-promotion with this was kind of weird. Um, it's good to see Roddy Piper, Steamboat, and Snuka uh, in the ring. Even though Snuka was like 65, Steamboat I think was in his mid-50s. Uh, same with Roddy Piper. Um... I, I like Chris Jericho, and I thought he made it entertaining, and he played the heel so well in this um, that it, it did make it feel really good. Uh, and it felt like, a, even though they lost, it did feel like a, like a, a feel-good match for them. So, yeah, I would say it was pretty good. I liked the match. Yeah, there's something about nostalgia at WrestleMania that, you know, it just it can't be understated, yeah. and that's what really this match brought. After this, we have a civil war, brother versus brother. Uh, you know, not not quite the mega powers exploding, um, but uh, Matt Hardy and uh, Jeff Hardy. This is Matt Hardy version one uh, versus Jeff Hardy, also known as Willow the Wisp these days. Um, so yeah, Matt Hardy going over Jeff Hardy, which I thought was surprising. The match itself, even for an extreme rules match, these guys. Even though they're brothers, even though they're a great tag team, I didn't think they had a great chemistry in the ring. It was a decent match, though. Uh, James, what'd you think? Um, ironically enough, I think their, their styles are just too much the same to um, to put on a really good match. Um, I was kind of yes, kind of surprised how the match was both brutal and boring at the same time. And I completely forgot that both these guys were still around in uh, 2009. Anyway, um, so this is kind of a surprise for me. Um, I never was a big Jeff Hardy fan. Uh, my guy was kind of Matt Hardy because I loved Matt Hardy version one. <laughs> I mean, remember Matt Facts? I mean, that was great. Yeah, Matt loves mayonnaise. <laughs> Why not? I loved his his interest and everything like that. I really thought he was the guy they should have put over. Um, but I think overall, yeah, it was for considering that Jeff Hardy's dog was murdered by Matt Hardy. Um, Allegedly. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the dog is alive and well. Um, but uh, I thought it was it was not that not a great match. Huh. You didn't. Uh, you didn't like that final. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it a twist of fate on the steel chair? Like I thought that was pretty brutal. Okay, that was pretty brutal. Uh, but I think overall it was it was too much of a spot fest anyway. And this uh, spot fest get boring for me. I agree, Brian. What did you think? Yeah, I was just surprised that Matt Hardy won to be honest, because Jeff Hardy was crazy over at the time. You know, even though I guess he was like a two strike guy on the drug suspension thing, but like like he came back and. You know, beat Undertaker, beat Triple H, won the title, got screwed out of the title, and then gets Matt Hardy at WrestleMania as a reward. But, um, honestly, I like the match a lot. I was, again, I was surprised Matt got over, but I'd already seen this before, because they had done this on a pay-per-view, like, years before that. So, I mean, it's, it wasn't anything new, but 
I mean, it served its purpose. I liked it. And they had to do an extreme rules match because otherwise it probably would have stunk the joint out. Yeah, I agree. I think it was uh, and it was a decent place on the card. Um, you know, after the sort of Mickey Rourke segment kind of confused the audience because it didn't, wasn't real great, exec- well well executed, um, this match kind of came along and, and, you know, I think James put it the best. It was a big spot fest. Yeah. Um, after that, we will probably spend more time talking about this match than it actually was and go. in length. Yes, exactly, and uh, there's not a lot to say about it anyways. Rey Mysterio beats John Layfield, JBL, um, really quickly, and JBL just quits, and that's pretty much the whole match. Brian, what do you think? I think we should have as long to talk about as the match lasted. Now, um, just kidding aside, like this is the end of JBL's second run, because I'm not saying he had like, a back yeah, injury and patch. had to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. No, um, like, I just felt bad for the guy. I mean... I had hoped more from JBL than just losing eight seconds, because if you're just going to do that, you should just hand the belt over. I mean, I, I don't I don't like the last image of JBL in the ring being that. That's just me. Yeah, he really looked bad and out of shape, so, you know, it, it was probably time, but at the same time, go out like that was crazy. James, what did you think? Um, Yeah, I, I kind of felt that like, it was this, this being the last hurrah for Bradshaw or JBL, um, I, I think this was kind of a crap way to go out. Um, but then again, he really is like the guy who will play up a comedy of being heel. Um, so it seems like he's kind of shtick. To, to lose on that kind of note would be maybe even better for a guy like him. Um, but, uh, yeah... I think it, the only thing that really anything that really lost in the match was the Intercontinental Challenge. Yeah, the yes. one thing that's lost is like yeah, I, I, sorry, I, I got the match on the network right now. Like the referee like pushed him away from Mysterio and like like he basically put his hand in JBL's chest and it looked like he was cupping his boobs twice. <laughs> like like those, like those are epic wrestler man boobs. I'm just saying. Mm. Right. Yeah. He belonged in the Divas match. There you go. <laughs> um, so next up, we have, in my opinion, the greatest match in wrestling history. Um, the reason that I watch wrestling, uh, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Um, now, I had forgotten the entrance of this one with, like, Undertaking, Undertaker coming from hell and uh, Shawn Michaels descending from heaven. And that was a little over the top. But what took place after that was, to me, the, the I mean, that it is. It's my favorite match of all time. Uh, I don't know what more to say about it than I've already said in previous podcasts, so I'll just go ahead and hand this one off to James and uh, tell me what you think. Oh, man, it's been a while since I saw this match, but, uh, yeah, I thought the match actually kind of had, like, about three different phases to it, the opening one being them in the ring fighting each other, um, going for various kind of rest holds. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Then they go to the outside, and they, they, uh, they hit the ref, and so that kind of buys them more time. And then finally, they're they're hitting like every single finishing move they have, and it's cool because they actually have like a variety of finishing moves. I think the Undertaker has like about four or five he can actually use in the match. And he's got the choke slam, he's got the tombstone pile driver, um, he has the power bomb, the power bomb, he has the Hell's Gate. Um, so he's got like four mat moves he can do, and he does every single one of them. And Shawn Michaels like kicks out every single one, and Shawn Michaels hits like five uh, super kicks to uh, the Undertaker. Um, and uh, this just kind of felt like this was two legends wrestling in the ring. I mean, it felt exactly what it should have been. So the only problem I, I had with the match, and this is really not saying like, anything for the match itself, but I think it would have been up, more up in my book if there's more drama behind it other than let's just go ahead and wrestle. You're hell, I'm heaven. You know, it's just big, it, it did feel like the streak was more important than actually telling a good story behind the streak. So... Um, but anyway, I, I did think this was a great match. Probably, you know, top five overall. Right. That's that's great. Brian, what, what was your opinion on this one? 
other than CM Punk last year, this is like the last realistic opportunity I thought that the streak could have ended. Because, I mean, HBK is obviously built up there. He's a main eventer, Mr. WrestleMania. And, you know, this was the chance to end the streak, and it, it didn't happen. But overall, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can say bad about the matches. You know, they delivered in the ring. It was a good match for as long as it lasted. And, you know, I mean, if you can sit through a long match, this is the one to sit through because it's that good. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that was... Um, yeah, it's over half know. an hour long, and I was entertained the entire time, so that says a lot. Yeah, and I, I like James pointing out that it was pretty much like a three-act play. You know, you yeah. had a beginning, you had a, a established middle, and then an amazing climax. So that's an astute observation. Um, next we have, uh, well... Vicky Guerrero coming out with Chavo uh, for uh, Edge and Big Show and John Cena. Um, I was taken out of this match mainly because of what we had seen before. Um, even though it wasn't that bad, Edge being the champion, losing to John Cena when he becomes Super Cena at the end, it's a formulaic sort of thing. But I guess at the time it wasn't too formulaic. Uh, I thought the the feat of strength of you know the multiple... Um, attitude adjustments of, uh, you know, Big Show and Edge, you know, on top of each other. I, I thought that was pretty cool touch. Uh, but overall, it suffered from just kind of the wind being knocked out of the building from um, the previous match. Brian, what would you think? Oh, uh, man. It's nothing to do with Edge losing, although that never made me happy. It was just a horrible, horrible gimmick from the get-go. Like, first off, putting Edge and Vicky Guerrero was just... A- it was good as a heel thing, but just disgusting to think and look at. Yeah. And it wasn't then very the fact believable. That, you know, after so long. Yeah, and then what, Big Show was her lover, too? I mean, give me a break. That was just gross, too. Like, seeing Big Show and Vicky make out on camera, too much. Like, that whole thing just stunk out the joint. And to save the match, you had to put Cena in there, and then you knew who was going to win. Like, the match, like, I just didn't care for the match at all because you knew from the beginning Cena was going to win, and the, the, the angle just stunk the joint out. I hated it. From like, like, I just, I hate this match. I'm done. I'm not, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it did kind of bring the show down a little bit. Um, James, what was your opinion? Well, I think any time that Brian is uh, upset at a match because John Cena wins, I'm very happy about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, you know, in the nostalgia, uh, uh, looking back on it, because I haven't watched it since it originally came out five years ago, uh, I totally forgot the crappy angle, but besides the crappy angle, I thought they did a phenomenal job between all three of them because uh, they made the big show look big and menacing, and they kept on trying to take him out. Uh, Edge and John Cena would temper- team up against the big show, or the big show and Edge would team up against John Cena, and uh, I think they played the triple threat match great. Um, but, uh, you know, if the um, the storyline was better, I think this would have been a much more you know well-received match, just kind of a crappy place in the card between the show, the stopping match and the main event. So... Yeah, it was really in an awkward position, and, uh, you know, I I do want to say that, that Edge and John Cena is actually one of my favorite rivalries for both of those guys, uh, and oh, yeah. uh, throwing Big Show in was, was cool, but um, but really, John Cena versus Edge, you know, everybody says that CM Punk is the Joker to, to John Cena's Batman, but I actually never thought that. I always thought that John Cena and Edge uh, had classic matches uh, for both of them. You know, it, it's hard to say John Cena has had too many classic matches, you know, if, if you're a hater, uh, but you can't deny that him and Edge had incredible chemistry. So that did serve this match. Edge, Edge was the one that, uh, that helped put Cena over more than anybody else. Absolutely. And, and by the way, 
Fiera guys ever get the time, like one of the, my favorite matches of all time is what happens at the next pay-per-view, Backlash, where uh, Cena and Edge fight in a last man standing match. It's mm-hmm. a freaking amazing match. We'll have to look at that someday. Yep. Now, finally we have Triple H defeating Randy Orton um, for the uh, WWE Championship. It's, uh, now, the, the stipulation for this was that Triple H, if he was disqualified or counted out or brought his... Uh, you know, his uh, equalizing sledgehammer to the ring, then Orton would have won. Um, it was really long, and I was kind of tired by this time this match came along, uh, and I thought the stipulation took the wind out of it. Um, James, what you um, think? You know, I kind of noticed a trend here of Triple H um, actually being in the main event and winning it. Like, this was the last WrestleMania we did, too. It was 18 where he took on Jericho. Um, considering the fact that Randy Orton is probably, uh, you know, not my, my favorite uh, wrestler of all time, I think at this point he was doing really good with his whole, like, legacy gimmick, because I thought those guys were brutal. Um, and he actually, like, you know, had a pretty good rivalry with Triple H and made it completely personal. So I think the storyline there was pretty good. Um, and surprisingly enough, like, watching this match, um, I'm entertained. Um, Triple H is a face, you know, he doesn't really, like, captivate me that well, but I thought he did a pretty good job of, um, being that frustrated champion and, and actually going there and, and beating Randy Orton, um, I thought, he, you know, of what they had, it was pretty good. Okay, Brian, what was your thoughts? Uh, I thought Triple H's ego was running rampant in this match. Just, I mean, just call it for what it is. Like, yeah, he had a bunch of years in a row where he didn't win a WrestleMania, which, if you look back, he actually hadn't won a WrestleMania since 19 against Booker T, so put that on your, on your cap for that one, but... Um, <laughs> The fact that Randy Orton was doing so well with that gimmick about not being able to control his anger and, you know, you know, handcuffing Triple H, kissing Stephanie, and then giving her a DDT, or I think it was the other way around, but they had built him up so well to have Triple H win the match was just absurd. Because if you remember, like, again, the next pay-per-view, he lost the title in a six-man tag team match, like, if somebody else got disqualified. Like... For me, if you're going to build Orton up like that, and I guess even though he's fighting the McMahons and their WrestleMania legacy, you put Orton over because they had fought so much, I didn't care to see Triple H win. I just thought his ego was rampant. Plus, and like Don, uh, James mentioned, like the last two pay-per-views we've reviewed are t- reviews uh, with Triple H being in the main event at a pay-per-view where that match should not have been the main event. Mm-hmm. And the next year... They they tried to make up for it by putting Shawn Michaels and Undertaker in the main event, but that should have been the main event of this pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah I think the build-up for this match was actually better than the match itself, because if you remember correctly, it was Randy Orton, uh, really, at actually, in my opinion, this was kind of his best, uh, where he punted Shane, and he punted Vince, and he attacked Stephanie, and then they had the whole angle at, like, the house, where, like, uh, you know, was it Triple H showed up at Orton's house, or maybe it was vice versa. It was it was a really cool, like, build-up to the match, and I, I just don't think that the, the payoff was really as good as... as it could have been, but I also think it fell victim to what we've seen in each of the WrestleManias that we have reviewed so far, whether it's seven with uh, Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter, which was a bad match, but it was totally outshined by that earlier match with Savage and Warrior. And then in WrestleMania X7, uh, X8. it was X7 or X8? 
X8, yeah, with uh, with Hogan and The Rock, like, just such a huge spectacle. By the time we got to the end, it was like, eh, you know, I mean, it just kind of yeah. took the wind out of it. And I, I think the same thing happened here, uh, where these huge undercard matches happen, and it takes the wind out of the main event, because the crowd is tired and just can't hold a candle to it. Will that happen this year? I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I certainly think that that's interesting that of the three that we picked, they all kind of had that common thread of an undercard match stealing the show and maybe taking some of the wind out of the sail of the main event. Uh, final thoughts on our uh, three WrestleMania, uh, you know, sort of uh, reviews here um, that we've gone through? I think that uh, the last uh, this one and then the 18 were both pretty good. Um, it's been a while since I've seen them both, and I have fun watching them again. I'm glad I got a chance to. Um, but I would give this WrestleMania probably a solid day. I thought it was pretty decent. Good. Brad? Just for Cena beating Edge, it's a B minus. I mean, B plus, sorry, excuse me. That minus is too too harsh. Without, like, the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels match, fantastic. Best One of the best matches I've ever seen. And that stole the show. But that Cena Edge Big Show thing just stunk the joint out for me. What was your final uh, letter grade? Oh, uh, B plus. Oh, B plus. That's right. I'm sorry about that. Yep. Uh, okay. And then um, the uh, my final letter grade. I'm actually going to give it an A as well. I think this is probably in my top five favorite WrestleManias. Um, you know, I loved the Money in the Bank match. I loved the nostalgia Chris Jericho match. I loved the Undertaker Shawn Michaels. And then even the the final two matches, even though they were kind of uh, a down note. Um, they really weren't that bad. And had Undertaker and Shawn Michaels not fought on that card, I think actually those two matches would go down as probably better in, in retrospect. Um, so, yeah, I think this was a solid WrestleMania, and I, I liked it a lot. Um, I guess now we're going to transition over yes, to right, our list, right, James? List we have uh, the top five heel or face turns of all time. Um, so I kind of, um, uh, it was my idea for this list, so I'm going to go ahead and start it. Um, and I kind of went with the, um, you know, there's really kind of two ways to turn somebody. There's a gradual way, which is very soft, and it is kind of eventually the, the, the point where they become the heel or face, the villain or the hero. Uh, or there's a really hard turn where it just happens in the middle of nowhere, um, or not middle of nowhere, but uh, you know, out of nowhere, um, and just takes everybody by shock. So I kind of have a good combination of both of them, but I think I try to win for the most part um, just like the sudden turns. So, but no, really, no particular order. Um, I went with number my number five is Vince McMahon uh, turns heel after the Montreal Screwjob. Oh, because Ooh, this was wow. a huge game changer. Uh, not only did, was he perceived as being the evil head of uh, the WWF at the time, um, in in you know, in terms of uh, fictional terms, he was also seen in, in you know real life as being that evil boss. Uh, by screwing over Brett, and so he just really kind of took those lemons and turned into some money-making lemonade. Um, and I think that uh, you know, for a good two years, uh, Vince McMahon is being the evil boss, just dominated uh, wrestling. And I thought that was that was that was great. And this is where it pretty much begins. Yeah. Very cool. I like that. Uh, bro, Donnie, what was your number five? Uh, my number five is, uh, well, my list was basically just on <laughs> moments, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just went for, for what I remember in my life were, were moments that I, that, that stuck out as great. And the first one, uh, my number five, uh, there was a big feud in the early nineties of Macho Man and Jake the Snake. And at the time, The Undertaker was the heel to beat. He was unstoppable and he just ran over everything and he was evil and dark and had no heart until this moment. 
This was Undertaker's very first face turn. And Elizabeth was coming to the back after a match, and Jake the Snake had a chair at the gorilla position. He was ready to smash. Just as soon as he raises that chair behind him, the Undertaker appears and takes the, the chair out of Jake Roberts' hand. And it was Undertaker's first face turn. The dead man's heart started beating, and he was human. Uh, and, and I just love this because I love Undertaker as a face. I love him as a heel. Uh, but this moment was, it just stands out to me as one of the best moments, uh, one of the best face turns, especially for The Undertaker. Cool. Uh, Brian, number five? Yeah, yeah, you know what he got rewarded with? You know, a giant Gonzalez the next year. I'm just saying. <laughs> well. Um, and to be fair, one of the best moments of the thing that you just said was when, like, uh, Elizabeth opened up the, the gift and the snake just pops out. Um, yes. That was phenomenal. Like, and I agree with the whole thing about the markout moments, but, like, I remember, like, when I was a kid, and I, I, I was really having the WCW, so, like, you know, if there was any time with something that was on that just made me, like, you know, freaking just jump out of my skin and call, like, my friends about it, it was this thing, and surprise, surprise, uh, you're not going to see this one coming. Number five for me is uh, Scott Steiner turning on his brother and joining the NWO in 98. Um, because they had built up the Steiners against the Outsiders for a good year and a half for, like, constant screw jobs, like, the Steiners wouldn't, and then have to, like, give the belts over the next night, or just whatever, like, whatever they could do to screw the signers, they did, but they had really good matches the entire year, and then they have that last match, and then Rick goes under Scott, and then Scott just hits him with, like, a little sledgehammer move in the back of the neck, and then he just turns and gives the belts over to the Hall and Nash, like, I freaking lost it, I was like, I couldn't believe it, and then he turned into Big Papa Pump the next night, so, I mean, it was it was his push into singles, uh, his singles career, and like I was like I couldn't believe that it happened. To be honest with you. Well, huh. I like that choice. Yeah, good choice, good choice. All right. Well, um, actually, you know what? Uh, because you know we pretty much watch the same thing, which is professional wrestling. We we kind of have uh, similarities in our list. And my number four was the Undertaker turning on Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, and uh, yeah, again, it was um, pretty cool seeing him as the the uh, the good guy after a while. So um, it's cool seeing like that, especially evil. Terrible characters, and they end up turning into being like you know the the best guys in the world. So Undertaker was probably a, a face for oh my goodness. So I think Ministry of Darkness at this point. So yeah. he had almost like a decade of being like the top uh, top face pretty much in the WWF. So uh, which is interesting because if you remember like a year before that, like he tried to kill the Ultimate Warrior by locking him in an airtight coffin. Yeah. Um, so it just goes to show yep. things change. Things do change. You know, you never know. Um, I'm pretty sure that his actual like list of crimes is is <laughs> well outweighed by his list of uh, good things he's done in life. So yes. go figure. Donnie, what was your number four? Um, this is sort of a, I guess it's a face turn. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it is. Um, WrestleMania 7 that we reviewed, um, when the Macho Man lost to the Warrior and his whole career was over, and turning to Elizabeth and, you know, his, his lifelong love and... You know, he had lost everything, yet he regained what mattered most. And I thought that was a beautiful, poetic moment, as beautiful as wrestling can be. Uh, and, you know, Macho King going to Macho Man again, I thought was a really special moment. Uh, and so that's my number four. No, tear my eye, man. I know. Uh, uh, Brian, number four? Uh, my number four has a lot to, something to do with the uh, WrestleMania 25 that we just did. And it was Matt Hardy turning on his brother at the Royal Rumble that year. Um, because Jeff Hardy finally got to the top of the mountain. He finally won the WWE title. 
He was defending it against Edge, and then, like, they have a really good match, and then Matt Hardy shows up, and you're thinking, okay, at the pass that they had, you know, Edge taking lead up from Matt Hardy. You know, he was out there to help his brother. Hits, Edge hits Jeff Hardy at the steel chair, gives Edge the belt, and then says that he was jealous of Jeff and that Jeff had the better career, and it set up that match. But Jeff was so over that this made Matt Hardy such, like, to me, an incredible heel that they did nothing with. But just seeing him turn on his brother and help the guy who stole his girlfriend, just I never saw that coming. Cool. Interesting. All right, so uh, my number three uh, was also brother versus brother with Owen Hart turning on Bret Hart. Um, hmm. I thought this was a, a great turn for, for Owen, who had always lived under the shadow of his brother. And uh, by coming to the other side of the coin, um, pre-WrestleMania uh, 10, and just taking that whole you know evil goofy villain character and, and just running with it, I think he had a lot more success than if he had stayed good old Owen Hart's the high flyer crap, whatever he was doing before then. So I, I think this is pretty much like a good example of, of using the face turn or uh, the heel turn in this case to uh, to Arsenal's advantage. So. Donnie, you're number three? It was um, probably one of the bigger face turns in uh, in wrestling history. Um, but only comes in at number three on my list, and that is Hulk Hogan becoming the mystery third partner and joining the NWO. Uh, the reason this wasn't higher is, and it always has bothered me, that Bobby the Brain Heenan, as much as I loved him, totally telegraphed it. Uh, when Hogan came out and everybody's like, oh my gosh, Hogan's coming down to save WCW, and then Bobby the Brain goes, yeah, but whose side is he on? It's like just introducing that doubt sort of, I mean, Yes, it was huge and, and historic, but just that part just bothers me. So I can't put it any higher than that. However, uh, this was a, a great, you know, this is great, and this was the formation from the evolution of the outsiders into the NWO was this moment, and that's a huge part. So I think that's that's my number three. Brian, did did you did you know that uh, that like Bischoff said that he didn't tell any of the announcers that Hogan's going to be the guy to come out and be the, the, the third guy? So that uh, their like kind of their reactions through the whole match was completely natural. Like it wasn't scripted at all. Oh wow. Hmm. That seems like yeah, that was very brain that was awesome. Bobby the brain heating kind of uh, line too. Yeah, so as he hated Hogan anyway, yeah. so like that this is you could have suspended that for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was a uh, two thousand two during Triple H's face little face movement or face pop turn, whatever you want to call it. And Shawn Michaels that was uh, they had just uh, canceled the NWO and that horrible thing that they had at the end of the NWO. Yeah. And um, so, like, Triple H comes into Michael's, like, uh, locker room, gives him gives him a bag with a DX shirt, and he's like, you serious? So, like, they go out to the ring, and, like, they do the whole DX, like, reunion, and then right as they're about to say the, 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 the two famous words, Triple H turns over to Michael's, gives him the pedigree, and it sets up the match for Michael's to return at SummerSlam. Like, it, it made Triple H an instant heel again, which I like him better as a heel than a face, and it brought HBK back into the spotlight for that fantastic match that they had. So I like that moment for what it was. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's actually a pretty good choice. Um, all right, so my number uh, two choice of all time is um, actually Macho Man's first face turn uh, after being pretty much the abusive boyfriend to Miss Elizabeth for, uh, <laughs> for a good while there. Um, he started to uh, show uh, be a fan favorite, and eventually when he's getting beaten down on Sunday, Saturday night's main event, Miss um, Elizabeth runs back into the ring with and out comes Hulk Hogan in the prime of his life, uh, going out and saving the Macho Man, starting pretty much the uh, the Mega Powers at that point. It was before WrestleMania 4. 
Um, and actually, I only saw that for the first time, like on the Russell, uh, Saturday Night's Main Event uh, DVD collection. I thought like that is a really cool moment, and because uh, Macho Man was pretty much. Uh, you know the CM Punk of his day. He was going between uh, or turning from you know major heel to major face, and just had that kind of style to him. So I thought that was a really cool market moment. And having been wrestling, watching wrestling, you know, three years early or you know two years before I got into it, I would have been really into that. Hmm. Donnie, you're number two. Uh, number two. Before I get to number two, the Macho Man conversation has has uh, made me remember that tonight was April Fools. We were supposed to do the entire show in characters. Uh, I guess we blew that. Damn, maybe, dang it. Well, I thought year. about that too, but uh, it's hard talking like Dusty Rhodes the entire time. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, Macho Man, <laughs> your, your thoughts on Rest that? Uh, <laughs> Welcome back to the mothership. Um, enough. Uh, turn some some wild matches into um, a slabanaka here. <laughs> oh man, I couldn't okay. do that. Honestly, I couldn't do that. I think I think we just gave our fans, our two of them, a bathroom break. You're welcome. You are so welcome. And uh, and now where, where were we? I'm totally lost. Speaking wise. of actually bathroom breaks, here's number two. <laughs> um, here's uh, Whoa. This is a great a, a great face turn. My favorite face turn of all time. Which kind of telegraphs that my first one's a heel turn, but favorite face turn of all time. Yokozuna tearing through everybody. Nobody can even slam the guy until they're on an aircraft carrier and a helicopter lands. And the narcissist Lex Luger is wearing American flag pants. And he runs through the crowd and everybody's like, what is going on? And he goes in and he picks up Yokozuna and he slams him, turning him from a mid-card heel into a main event face. Uh, the Lex Express movement. Now, everything petered out, and the whole thing ended up being terrible. However, that moment was awesome, and it's, it's, it's a formative moment in my wrestling um, you know, memories, um, and I just thought this was executed so well. Nobody saw it coming, and it was it, it, fantastic. Well, I totally forgot about that. Well, I forgot about the Lights Express, but I do remember that, and that was pretty damn cool. Brian, number uh, dose? Just that, I thought they just forced Lex Luger down everyone's throat like that. Like, he just came out of nowhere and slammed him. And basically just because what? Because Hogan left the company, they need another, like, patriotic red, white, and blue face? Pretty uh, much. Uh, yeah, because we hate Japan. Uh, yeah, Stupid efficient though, cars. Yeah, and how dare they use a Samoan to be a Japanese wrestler. Um, <laughs> but no, um, honestly, my number two is going back to Savage. Is like the whole heel turn he had to go into WrestleMania five, which turned into being the Macho King. Because they had the whole coronation where, like, DiBiase crowns him as Macho King, and then he goes on to have really great matches, like, that are just unnoticed because... And, I mean, okay, except for that he had to team up with Zeus to fight Sav, uh, Hogan and Beefcake. That was really no bad. No holds barred. Yep. Free plug for a movie. Just like the wrestler in WrestleMania 25, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I thought, like, turning Savage from being the Macho Man into breaking up the, the Mega Powers... And then just like his his heel turn, all way, even through WrestleMania six when he teamed up with Sherry for the first mixed tag match against uh, what was it Sapphire and Dusty Rhodes? Sapphire and Dusty Rhodes, yes. It was very a very sad match there because Sapphire um she she stole the stole from Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, and then she left him to go to DiBiase later on. But anyways, like I just really enjoyed seeing him go like oh yeah the Macho King. Like I just love that whole gimmick that he had where like they had so many kings in the WWF, but. Like what Holly Race, like Pax on Doug and Haku, like King Mabel, yeah, like men on a mission. But no, um, yeah, Savage with his Macho King gimmick, I loved it to death. 
Nice. All right, yeah, I did. I did miss the Macho Man. In fact, when I came in, our Macho King. When I first came into wrestling, it was the Macho King, and so it's kind of weird watching going back. I'm like, he was a good guy. He teamed with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Now I'm just like, remember when Macho Man used to hit people with a scepter and just like on the face and just shattered it? It was great. Hit him with my scepter, yeah. <laughs> that was actually, that was a good one. Very nice. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, all right. Next up, uh, my number one, um, which is actually Donnie's number three. Go figure. Uh, was Hulk Hogan turning on pretty much the entire world? Um, because I thought that this pretty much reinvigorated his career, um, totally made him relevant again, and just everybody just hated that guy. And he played the heel so well, too, afterwards, too. It was great. Um, because pretty much he was just doing what he was doing in real life. Um, just being a jackass who never gave up the world title. Um, so I think that just that moment, he just comes out and just legs drop Macho Man in the middle of the ring. Um, he always comes back to Macho Man for some reason. I don't know why. It does, yeah. It does. Oh, yeah, betrayed by Hogan. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, um, and the fact that he was pretty much the biggest uh, face of all time um, and it just goes off and does something dastardly. Now, that that was one of the things that turned me back into wrestling back in, like, 97 or so, seeing, like, Hulk Hogan's a bad guy now? Like, this is fascinating. So, definitely number one, in my opinion. I mean, you really can't, um, I don't think you can see anything any bigger than that in terms of uh, uh, betrayal. Donnie, what was your number one? Yeah, and now that I think about Hogan back then, it was, he was really stale before that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, yeah. Postomania <laughs> and all that crap. The versus the Dungeon of Doom, I mean, come on. Yeah, so so you know I probably undervalued that, and um, and and now that I'm thinking about it, probably should have been higher. However, my number one um, is is to me the heel turn that all heel turns are measured against, and that is uh, the barbershop window. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels throwing, kicking Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window, and it's just uh, it, it it man that is a an eternal moment. It is it's. You know, HBK had a huge long career, yet when you think of, like, the top moments of HBK, the barbershop window always tends to come up. Um, it was great, and, and I, I think it's one of those that if you're alive during that time period, you remember this moment, even though it was a five-minute segment on Superstars on a Saturday morning. So this is my number one, uh, sort of out of nowhere, I think, uh, you know, I maybe it should have been Macho Man because he's been so on our list so much uh, <laughs> But uh, but this was this is my favorite heel turn, and uh, it showed a new side of Shawn Michaels, and really launched his singles career. Definitely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Quick question. Uh, back to James's number one. Do you think it would have been as big of a launch if Sting had joined the NWO instead of Hogan, like they were trying to do? Um. You know, I don't think it would have been because he had all that the WWE uh, fans from the back in the day. Um, and Sting, you know, Sting was pretty big in WCW, but Hogan was big to WWF fans and WCW fans at this point. Um, so I think that it would have been big, it would have, but not as big if, uh, if it wasn't Hulk Hogan. The fans just needed an actual reason to hate him, besides the fact that his act was getting stale. Yeah. I, 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 I got you. Um, to go along with Donnie here, mine is sort of like, you know, it goes around, comes around, 2008. Um, Jericho has Shawn Michaels on like the highlight reel, and like he takes uh, Shawn Michaels and puts his head through the Jeritron 5000, which is like exact an exact play off what he did to Marty Jannetty, which set up one of my favorite feuds ever, which was HBK and Jericho for that year because it played out with like some incredible matches. They had a, a No Mercy ladder match for the title that was out freaking standing, and uh, 
just just seeing you know you know basically Shawn Michaels get his like you know again he's come up and it's like he got what he did to someone else that set up one of the best feuds I've ever seen and it it it, it got Jericho from being Y2J which got stale at the time to being that super mega heel that only cared about himself and which is basically trying to end Shawn Michaels' career. I absolutely loved that heel turn that he did in 2008. Yes. Loved it. I think definitely um, great lists all around, and everybody did a pretty pretty fantastic job of coming up with them. And there wasn't too many over, <laughs> except for me and Donnie a couple of times there. Um, but for different reasons, I guess. So, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I tried to avoid, like, the, I mean, they, uh, the Hogan thing and HBK are, like, really important, but I was just trying to, like, Go against the grain, yeah. see what else was out there. I liked your list a yeah, lot. It was a good list. I, I think it was very, very well done, very well researched. Um, so next week uh, we are doing. Um, I think. Well, what I'd like to do is go back to do our Attitude Era retrospective, um, and actually do like the next two pay per views after that WrestleMania. So that would be um, in your house uh, 14 and in your house 15, Revenge of Taker mm-hmm. and uh, whatever the crap. Uh, your house 15 was I totally forget that what what that's supposed to be well, qu- well question would you want to do WrestleMania 30 because it's right Ooh. right after that yeah well I mean it's kind of hard to say I would like to do WrestleMania 30 um so okay well, let's just do WrestleMania 30 sure we'll, and then we'll do something we'll do uh, in your house is uh, the week after that because I think okay. WrestleMania 30 we're probably going to be talking about that for quite a while uh, and plus the night after, which is always a great yeah, round. Yeah, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the big season. Season begins and uh, after WrestleMania. And then we're also doing for the list. Um, speaking of WrestleManias, Brian. Yes, yes. Um, I, I sent this guy to you before, but we'll um, we'll, we'll do a, a bracket thing, which is actually still relevant because the women's championship or women's title is that same night. So I'm sure UConn's going to be doing what they usually do, but not the point. Uh, forgive me for the women's basketball reference on a wrestling podcast. I apologize. But, yes, it's going to be a, uh, a, a breakdown, like it's going to be a bracket-style breakdown. We're just going to go through, like, uh, two WrestleMania's against each other, see which ones you guys like based on, you know, the, the matches on the card, how, just how you liked it overall, and then we'll come down to what we all can have a general consensus of is the best WrestleMania that we think that has ever happened. Wow. Well, that's definitely the ultimate WrestleMania um, list right there. So, yeah, look forward to it. All right, guys, good show, good show. Um, nobody was stabbed, nobody was shot, so uh, pretty pretty good. We did not use the voices, though, but maybe next uh, next year if we're still around doing this, we can definitely do the voices again, uh, or at least try to. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll dub it in. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's go back to minute one and redo the entire oh thing. Oh, my goodness. I'm not doing anything for the next hour and, and so many minutes, am I? All right. Well, anyway, so this has uh, been DB&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Trimbuckle Jim. Cherish out, Donnie, from Raleigh, North Carolina. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Let's get this thing going. Fast Count Brian, and a really quick shout-out to our good friend, and he just got this nickname yesterday, Commissioner Travis, who helps us put this thing on iTunes. <laughs> All right. Everybody, have a good night. Right.